This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. Well, how many of you in here are just not the touchy-feely type of people? We got some of you in here. That's how I was. Matt raised his hand. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, I I really, by nature, am not a kind of a touchy-feely kind of guy, but... um, being in the ministry, my nature's really changed because, and I love that now. I love when to shake your hand. I love when you guys give me hugs. So, no, no hesitation on that. Um, part of that is, you know, what God has done in my heart. But it's okay not to have a personality that really likes a whole lot of hugging and all that. That's fine. That's the way God made some of us, and I can identify because I certainly was that way, and I think my my nature is certainly bent that way. But you know. Appropriate touch is so important. Appropriate touch is part of our development as people, especially with infants. You know, infants, if they're not touched in an appropriate way and get that bonding moment with their guardian or parents, then there's something within them that doesn't quite develop uh, socially or develop them as human beings. Emotionally, they don't develop properly. So touch is really, really important, and God uses touch. We've been talking about process and experience and the need to have both, to be people of process and people of experience. And the statement we've talked about several times says this, we are people of process, uh, open to God experiences. And so now that we've kind of gone back and forth between process and experience, process and experience, we recognize that most of uh, what the New Testament talks about, and, and really probably most of our Sunday school lessons, our 242 meetings, and most of our sermons is talking about the process we live in, being faithful to God, uh, having proper disciplines, overcoming adversity. But now we're going to spend some time, and, and we're going to look for a couple more weeks here at the experience side. And today I want to talk to you about a very important practice of the laying on of hands. This is something that um, in my faith tradition I've been around and so it was kind of instinctively part of what we did. Uh, But even teaching this and uh, reviewing the scriptures, even though this is something that I'm very comfortable with, it strengthened my faith. So even if this is something that's been part of your faith experience, I just think that looking at the scripture again today is going to really strengthen you. And some of you, you need to see what the Bible says about the laying on of hands. It says a whole lot about it. It says a whole lot about the laying on of hands. In fact, we're not going to cover, not even come close to covering all the reasons why. There's probably a dozen different purposes for the laying on of hands. And we're going to look at five of them today and, and just ask the Lord to strengthen that so that we can be fully the Christians he wants us to be. And we can be biblical, Jesus-centered Christians um, exercising a spiritual practice that has been part of the church since not only the beginning of the church, but on back to the beginning of Judaism and the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Hey, take your hand and go like this. Let me see your fist. It's it's man's day, you know, so I gotta see your big, big Muhammad Ali fist here. Uh, This is one of, this thumb right here is one of the, it's one of the features we have that distinguishes us from the rest of the animal species because we can do so much with this thumb. If you take a fist, it's over the second and third finger, and this is a dangerous weapon, especially this right here. I'm telling you, you don't know this. This is a lethal weapon in front of you. Um, this is how, this is how um, we defend ourselves, or guys, this is how we spar, those of you who like MAA and all that. Uh, the, the deal is this, you know, other animals bite, other animals stomp, other animals butt their heads. We make a fist. Uh, the hand is really powerful. If you start thinking about 
the use of your hands, and you realize that the use of your hands are involved in almost everything you do. Usually, hopefully, you use your hands to eat. If you don't, I don't really want to see. But we use our hands to feed ourselves. We use our hands to dress. We use our hands to groom. We use our hands to talk. As you notice, talking today, I'm going to make all kinds of gestures. And uh, we won't talk about the negative ways to use your hands because there are negative hand gestures, but we won't go over those. Uh, there, there's all kinds of positive things that we use our hands to. We use our hands to work. We use our hands to create art. Think about all the things, all of the good that comes through our hands. So human reason would just say that God wants to use the hands and he wants to redeem the hands for his purposes. No doubt too, and we won't focus on this today. We don't really have to talk about this a whole lot, but the hands are also used for evil. The hands are used for violence. The hands are used for oppression. The hands are used for abuse. And and we don't wanna focus on that today. We know this, that for every good thing God has, there's a counterfeit. So there are negative reasons, your negative ways your hands can be used to advance the kingdom of darkness, but God wants to use your hands to advance the kingdom of God. He wants to use your hands to bless the world and bless the nations. I want you to turn to Numbers 27, and it may take you a moment to find Numbers 27. It's towards the front of your Bible. In 1995, I was 19 years old. It was January of 95. My birthday's in May. I got a call from a guy who was just a few years older than me who had been in my youth group. I was uh, going to college in the Kansas City area. And Jason called me, and he was, uh, he was a youth pastor in a small farming town called Paola, Kansas. He calls me, and he gets a hold of me, and he says, hey, we need to get together to have lunch. I said, why is that? He said, I want you to meet my pastor. I said, why is that? He goes, because you're my new children's pastor. I was like, what? I was a college student at the time. This guy was a youth pastor, but he also had to run children's ministry on Sunday mornings. I had done children's ministry growing up, just like some of our teens are volunteering this morning in Journeys. I did that growing up in my home church, so he had seen me work with kids, so this wasn't just kind of a random snatch from the air. But he said, I want you to be our children's pastor. That word pastor just had a heavy feel to it. I met Pastor Randy, the senior pastor, and before I knew it, I was a children's pastor, and so that's why I consider this year 19, uh, this year I consider my 20th year anniversary of being in the ministry, because in January of 95 is when I started vocational ministry. I started getting paid uh, a little bit of money. It was a little bit. It got me enough to, you know, get a tank of gas and some, you know, run through the fast food every once in a while, but yet this church, um, this church put me in that position, and um, they laid hands upon me to commission me into the service. I really didn't know what was happening to me. I was kind of like, how is this happening and what's going on? But they laid hands on me and it was, um, and it was an experience that wasn't really emotional. That particular experience wasn't necessarily, there wasn't anything I necessarily felt, but it was a biblical act of commissioning me as a pastor and as a leader. And from that day forward, people, these little kids started calling me Pastor Aaron. And, and I just kind of grew into the job and, and the Lord has allowed me to do that type of ministry ever since that day. This is, goes back to the Old Testament time. And here's the first thing I want you to fill in. If you're taking notes, there's some blanks on the back of your page. We lay hands upon people in the church to set apart. That's the first thing. This is an important practice that we need to understand. And I want us to really understand this because 
uh, the church is getting so commercial that we're now uh, often treating pastoral work as contract work, as like human resources, filling positions, but there's a spiritual dynamic to it. I don't think we should just throw around that name casually, the name, the term pastor, the name elder, the name leader. Um, Numbers 27, verse 15 says, so Moses appealed to the Lord. He was coming to the end of his ministry. May the Lord, the God of the spirit of all flesh, appoint a man over the community. Isn't that a great phrase? The, the idea of spiritual leadership who will go out before them and come back in before them. That's just a great leadership metaphor. I wanna preach something different now, but I'm gonna stay focused. Who will bring them out and bring them in so that the, that the Lord's community won't be like sheep without a shepherd. This is powerful. When God appoints a man or a woman over a community, whether it's like me over this church, whether it's you over a 242 group, whatever the case is, there is a definite call from God and this gives direction to the sheep. It's not like this autocratic kind of all-powerful thing that comes through human beings. It's, an, it's a service the leader, the spiritual leader gives to the people for the Lord. Verse 18, the Lord replied to Moses, take Joshua, son of Nun, a man who has the spirit in him and lay your hands on him. This is a phrase, lay your hands on him, have him stand before Eleazar the priest and the whole community and the commission him in their sight. Confer some of your authority on him so that the entire Israelite community will obey him. So you see here, uh, this is a spiritual commission. And this is, this is something that produces fruit. And I just want us to value the community of God's believers. Guys, listen, being part of a church is not just a preaching point. You just don't go to listen to content. Because you can, you can get a hold of content anywhere now. You can get a hold of a lot better preachers than me, hear flawless music. You can access right there the comfort of your home, any church you want to on the internet, and just pick and choose whatever you're in the mood for today. No, it's more than just downloading content, spiritual content. It's part of being, it's being part of a community, a community that defines leaders, that lays hands on leaders, that imparts leaders, that sends a blessing of God upon people. Now look at the effects of this on Joshua. Going on to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 34, nine. says this, Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. So it's this idea that the fact that Joshua had the spiritual community lay their hands upon him to commission him into service, there was a dynamic that came upon his life, the spirit of wisdom, and therefore the people obeyed. Now this is not just an Old Testament principle. Acts chapter 13, we go to Acts chapter 13, starting with verse two. As they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work I have called them to. Then after they had fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them off. First Timothy 4.12 reinforces that this happened to Timothy because Paul said, do not neglect the gift that is in you. It was given to you through prophecy, with the laying on of the hands by the council of elders. 
This is a beautiful opportunity we have. I want us to reinforce this value today. We lay hands to commission people. We lay hands to set people in order. We lay hands to set people in the place God wants them to be. Uh, on a lesser degree, we had a, uh, a worship night with Jessica Shea, who's standing right here. You just you know, wave your hand. She's getting ready to go to Australia. Many of you have supported her financially, and praise God, she reached her goals financially. We had a worship night, and part of that night is she came down to this area, and the people who were here, we all gathered around her, and we laid hands on her, and there was a power in that moment, but whether there's sense power or not, that's not the important part. It's a very strong, biblical, symbolic act of commissioning, and I, I believe we just saw in Scripture that what happened to Joshua affected him from Numbers to Deuteronomy. He was a different type of leader because of what the church did. Here's the second thing, a second reason that we're gonna look at this morning is we do this to obtain a spiritual blessing. To obtain a spiritual blessing. Jesus was part of this. In Mark chapter 10, it says some people, this is verse 13 of Mark 10, some people were bringing little children to him so he might touch them, but his disciples rebuked him. I probably would have been one of those disciple guys because I like organization and security and all that. So uh, I would have been like, get the kids out of here. We need to keep Jesus safe, you know. And that's, well, we're gifted and cursed, aren't we, at the same time? Verse 14, when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them for the kingdom of God. We talked about the kingdom of God last week. Belongs to such as these. I assure you, whoever does not welcome the kingdom of God, like a little child, will never enter it. And then look at verse 16. After taking them in his arms, he laid his hands on them and blessed them. That's a practice that Jesus did. He blessed the children. He blessed them. And I want to be childlike. That's what Jesus just told me to, to be, right? And so what, what a pattern it is that there's just sometimes we just need the body of believers to lay hands upon us so that we can be blessed. Thursday mornings, we have an intercessory prayer team. Some of the ladies and Randy and some of, some of, some of the crew are over here. If you're feeling just like this is a spiritual area over here, it's not because of the teenagers. It's because of the prayer team that's back in there. And they meet every Thursday morning, and any of you are welcome to meet with them. It's a, it's a really uh, relational but powerful time. Meet Thursday morning here at the church office. And many times, several times, I have... And one of them have been there in a circle and there may be a need or there may not. And we just thought, let's lay hands upon BJ and pray for her. We've had, I've had some ministers come by for lunch appointments for me. And I just sense that they're heavy and they have a heavy heart on them. I said, hey, let's go see our prayer team. And we go in there and our prayer team have laid hands upon ministers. And they just have received the blessing. They've just received the blessing of the Lord. Um, there, there's something powerful about that. God has chosen uh, to use the laying on of the hands, not exclusively, okay? So it's not the only way people receive a blessing, not in the least, but it is one avenue where people receive a blessing of the Lord. It's a way, it's a point of contact. It's a point of change. It's a point of connection. And that is the way Jesus patterned for us. And so we do the same. Now, physics tell, tells us about the law of inertia. The law of inertia is this, is that whatever direction an object is moving, it's gonna continue in that same direction unless an outside force uh, 
reacts to it or moves it. And so, you know, we are affected all the time by the force of gravity. And you see that as I almost stumble off the stage on a weekly basis. Like I want to get the word to you. So I get it here on the edge and then I kind of lose my balance. And those on the first three row, that, that's, a, that's one of the advantages of sitting in the front. You get to watch, you know, my relationship with the edge of the stage. Um, so gravity is, is always pulling on us. So if it wasn't for gravity, we'd just stand still or float away. Or there, There's always a force that produces change. The laws of physics have said that, the, that objects stay in a state of inertia, but a force has to change it. This is, this is one of the reasons that I think that we lay hands upon people for physical healing. I think the number one reason we do is because God said so. But if we're trying to use human reason to try to help us understand, here's the third thing. Uh, laying on the hands initiates physical healing. Now, the, the number one reason why is because the Bible gives this pattern and tells us to lay hands upon the sick. But if we're gonna use human reasoning to wonder why would God use it this way, we could suppose this, that a lot of times we're just going along in our sickness and our illness, and we're just kind of like, well, the way I am is the way I'm always gonna be. I'm always gonna have this pain. I'm always gonna have this virus or this disease or whatever the case is. And we're just kind of going on along the way, just, just getting used to our illness, getting used to our sickness. And I say that in no demeaning way, because whatever you're, whatever you're dealing with physically, I don't understand that. And I, I, don't, I don't wanna belittle you in the least at all. Cause I know many of you are praying for healing and the kingdom of God hasn't broken into that situation yet, but it may today, right? And it may tomorrow. But I do know this is that sometimes we're, we're just going along in life and it's just the same thing over and over and over and over again. And I believe God uses the laying on of hands upon the sick to initiate healing. Let me tell you something, there's no power in our hands. I've already said our hands have great potential to do sin and abuse. But what, what a grace of God that the same hands that have brought injustice and maybe abuse and have done things that don't please God, by his grace can become a vessel of his healing. Now that, that, is, that is a place of humility. If you're one of those that you're like, my hand is awesome. I'm gonna get it pedicured because I'm gonna pray for people. And, uh, and then I feel it in my hand, my hand. Are you ready? Are you ready? My hand's coming your way. I, I don't really think that's the right, the right attitude. That's one of those times I'm really glad that we don't video at our church because someone would take uh, a clip. What? Help me. Oh, a manicure? Well, thank God that I don't know the difference between a manicure and a pedicure. Can we praise God on Father's Day? Well, like I was saying, this is one of those times I'm glad we don't video these services because someone would take it and edit it and really um, exploit me for this. But our hands, there's nothing powerful in them. In fact, it has great potential to do wrong. But when the Holy Spirit uses us as a vessel, he's gonna use our hands as a point of contact and so that someone who may need to receive a healing of God through the biblical pattern of laying on of the hands, we lay hands on the sick and the Lord makes them recover. What an exciting, exciting uh, knowledge to know this. Look at this biblical pattern, Luke chapter four, verse 40. It says, when the sun was setting, all those who had anyone sick with various diseases brought them to him, being Jesus. As he laid his hands on each of them, 
he would heal them. So even Jesus chose in his sovereign will, he healed a lot of different ways, but he chose to use the laying on of hands, probably as a pattern for us. This goes on and we see this continues after Jesus ascended to heaven, Acts 28, verse eight. It says this, Publius's father was in bed suffering from fever and dysentery, which we know that in the ancient world, dysentery killed most people. That's what killed most people in the Civil War, and it's a real problem. Thank God for Imodium AD, right? Paul went to him, and praying and laying his hands on him, he healed him. So Paul laid his hands on him as a biblical pattern. Here's the last thing I'm gonna put, I'm gonna say, is this, here, here is a, a fourth way that, or a fourth way, it's not the last thing, I'm sorry. We lay hands to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We lay hands to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I believe, according to 1 Corinthians 13, in one baptism, one baptism, we're, ba we're baptized by the Lord, and at salvation, we receive all of the Holy Spirit. Receive all of the Holy Spirit. But in the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit was given to his people, it was given in a certain way. And now, as we receive the Holy Spirit, often we have experiences with the Holy Spirit that fill us with more of him. The more we seek God, the more of his Holy Spirit we're aware of. The more we seek God, the more we receive his Holy Spirit. And we'll talk more about the Holy Spirit I believe later on in the year, I think in September is when we're gonna do a series on the Holy Spirit as we kind of move back and forth in and out of subjects that the body needs. But Acts chapter eight says this, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had welcomed God's message, they sent Peter and John to them. And after they went down there, they prayed for them so that the Samaritans might receive the Holy Spirit. And again, just let me just clarify, this is the book of Acts. This is, this is a historical account of the church being birthed. For he had not yet come down on any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw the Holy Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, look at that, he said, he asked, he offered them money saying, give me this power too. So anyone I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter told them, may your silver be destroyed with you because you thought the gift of God can be obtained with money. Just a little side note there. Anyone, anytime anybody wants your money on the condition of a spiritual blessing, that's the, that's the wrong spirit. That's the wrong spirit. That's a spirit in the old days they call it a simonry because of this, of, of this man named Simon trying to buy the Holy Spirit. And, and that's just a common deception of the enemy that reoccurs over and over and over in the church. So give your money to God. Don't give your money to any man. And plus, we're not supposed to be giving our money to God just to get something. We're supposed to worship him with our money, right? He does bless us, but that's just a benefit of that. So we see this pattern of the laying on of hands produces more activity of the Holy Spirit in our life. Being Father's Day, I have thought about my grandfather and my dad, who I was very close to them. Just, just a great grandfather, uh, excellent grandfather, and, and a great dad also. And both of them have passed on. My grandfather in 96, my dad in 2003. 
But th these guys, we, we uh, spend a lot of time together. And that generation, both of those generations, they're not as touchy-feely as us dads are now. The Dove Care commercials haven't marketed to the sensitive dad yet, right? This is still the manly dad, you know, flannels and tools. Um, so when, when um, someone said, that was my daughter who went, what? Thanks, Abs. Uh, happy Father's Day to me, right? You just, you just laughed at my illustration in front of the whole church. You know, I'm just joking. I'm a sweetie. Now she's, her feelings are hurt. I've got to do all kinds of accommodations. I have the greatest daughter in the world, so she can do whatever she wants. It's embarrassing. So back to my dad and grandfather. They, they were just, you know, the manly type. Um, my, my grandfather was a plasterer. My dad was a plumber. So they were blue-collar, hardworking guys. Uh, and when, you know, when they would just put their hands on my shoulder, you know, when they just put their arm around me, when they, when they would pat me on the back, when, when, when they gave a touch, and there was just something special about it. There's just something, there's something about a father's touch, a grandfather's touch. And for those of you who were abused by your father and grandfather, I, you're, you're in my mind now, and I just say I'm so sorry, and that's not the heart of our father. But when it works well, when it works well, the touch of a father, the touch of a father, when it's appropriate and good, it's special and it's a blessing. There's a lot of different reasons to lay hands that the church, we lay hands upon each other. But the final one I wanna say is the Father's blessing. It's the Father's blessing. And there's a unique role that the Father gives when they bless. And I want us to go back to Genesis 48. And we know that the patriarchal culture, the blessing of the Father to the firstborn meant so much, so much. And the blessing of the father, not just to the firstborn, but to all the sons and daughters. And as Joseph, as his life was ending, and as he is reconnected with his father, uh, and Jacob now, Jacob, he had reconnected with him, and now his life is, it, it, he's, he's going back to his spiritual roots. We see what happens in chapter 48, verse 13. Then Joseph took them both with his right hand, Ephraim, towards Israel's left. Israel is Jacob. Those are Jacob's name went to Israel. And with his left hand, Manasseh, towards Israel or Jacob's right. And he brought them to Israel or Jacob. Verse 14. But Israel stretched out his right hand and put it on the head of Ephraim, the younger. And crossing his hands, put his left on Manasseh's head although Manasseh was a firstborn. Now, what was happening there is not important for our point today. Here's the important point, verse 15. Then he blessed Joseph and said, the God before whom my father Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who had redeemed me from all harm, may he bless these boys and may they be called by my name, and the names of my father Abraham and Isaac, and may they grow to be numerous in the land, within the land. Let's just stay there in verse 16. Let's go back to verse 16. I think there's power on the scripture today. And I, I, I just, I sensed it even more in my heart when I read it just this moment. He blessed these boys. May they be called by my name. 
the names of my father. He blessed them. My kids, when they were little, and this, this is gonna help some of you younger dads, and it's gonna help some of you future granddads. But when my kids, my, my kids were real little, and, and my boys share the room uh, together, every, almost every night, I would lay hands, I'd pray for them, I'd lay hands on them and say, Abby, I bless you in the name of Jesus. Luke, I bless you in the name of Jesus. Lincoln, I bless you in the name of Jesus. Nowadays, I don't even know when they go to bed. I'm, uh, they, they have random bedtimes and I'll ask, where are the boys? Oh, they went to sleep already. Where's Abby? She's, or she, I go to bed before she does. She's working on her music and doing stuff like that. But, you know, a lot of those days I did that, I had really been a poor father. I hadn't managed my time well or I'd lost my temper or I had, I had done something that was less than ideal. Focus on the family would not have had me as their poster dad on some of those days. But we ended the day with a blessing. So grandfathers, dads, um, you can bless them. And that, that's a great practice. Whether you do it or not, I don't think it's the important part. The important part is that you realize your position of blessing in their life. You can bless them in a lot of different ways. And our daughters and our sons will get our name and they'll get our blessing. And there's something about the blessing of a father. I know this, I know this, that my, my grandfather and father, especially my father, because as, uh, as, as a young, in my 20s, um, he was a jokester and a guy who kidded around a lot. He wasn't very serious very often. But occasionally, when he would say something, and God gave him unique insight that no one else in my life had because of his position as a father. Now I have spiritual fathers. Now I have spiritual fathers that I'm in contact with on a regular basis. And the nature of that relationship, there's a blessing. There's a blessing on that. So I just say, men, let's think about laying hands upon our sons and daughters and our spiritual sons and daughters more often. Let's just think about doing that. Be at ease. I'm not going to make you do it today, you know. You're welcome to, but sometimes we just need a thought to think about, and then behavior will come a little bit later at the right time. Let's stand together. God, I thank you. Much fruit's gonna come from this message today. Much fruit's gonna come from this message, God, because, um, Lord, you have opened your word again. You've opened possibilities. You have opened possibilities that you're going to bless. You're gonna heal. You're gonna cause good things to come from this knowledge that the church, we're commissioning church. We're a church where healing flows. We're, we're a church where blessing flows and God, you've been so gracious that you're gonna use our hands to heal. You're gonna use our hands to bless. You're gonna use our hands to empower. God, our hands are frail. Our hands have been unclean. Our hands have shed blood. Our hands have been wicked. But God, you have not just redeemed us eternally. You've redeemed us in the now. And our hands are redeemed for the purposes of the Lord. Is that not a great thought today? Grace is upon you. Grace is upon you. Your hands through Jesus, will no longer abuse, but will heal and bless and empower and strengthen. Your hands will be 
hands that help, hands that serve, hands that cultivate, hands that grow, hands that give direction, hands that cause the blessings of God to flow. Is that not a good thought today? And so the Lord is so good to us. The Lord is so good to do that to us. And we thank you. I'm gonna ask that um, all the men, like maybe age 20 and up, how about that? Just to come stand down here. Just come join, join me down here. Just stand down here. I just wanna pray a special prayer over you. You don't have to be a father. And you don't have to come. If you don't feel comfortable, that's fine. I won't be offended or upset. But I just wanna pray a, a blessing upon these brothers today. Thank you, Lord. Isn't it good just to see God's design for the men? I, I, we honor the women, and, and we just, but we, we honor the women, and we've done that before. And this is a place where women can grow in leadership. This is a place where women can grow in their anointing. And, and we honor the women here, but we also recognize recognize that God has designed both genders by his will for purposes and they complement each other. Uh, Both genders have a purpose for the maturation of the church community. Both genders have a purpose for the family. And men, you have purpose. You have purpose within you. So guys, that's what I want you to do. If you could just put your hands I just want you to even look at your hands right now. And this is what the Lord wants you to say. The Lord has given you hands to heal. The Lord has given you hands to contribute. The Lord has given you hands to serve. The Lord has given you hands to empower. The Lord has given you hands to impart. The Lord has given you hands to direct. The Lord has given you hands to plant. The the Lord has given you hands to pray. The Lord has given you hands to love. The hands before you are redeemed for the purposes of God. And Lord, I just speak over my friends today that Lord, these hands will bless. These hands will empower. These hands will are sanctified for your purposes, God. And I pray, God, that these men, Lord, Lord, as they have heard your scripture today, it would stir in them the desire, God, to be your vessels. And the Lord says he does not want you to to stay in continuous grief over how your hands have sinned. Because the Lord says this, his scripture has already told us that godly sorrow leads to repentance. And repentance means your behavior changes. So the same hands that have participated in wickedness will now participate in righteousness. It's not because of you, it's because of his plan. It's not because of your power, it's because of his calling. It's not because of your qualification, it's because he's sanctified, he's chosen you. So our hands are made to bless And we believe that and we speak that over these men and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of The Church of Indian Lake.